Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the bullpen. I have my dear friend Dave Spencer back, host of Practically Political, the podcast, very popular guy, member of the Rockefeller family. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well, Doc, always great to be with you. Same here, brother. All right, we're gonna talk about critical race theory. I hope you have a different point of view than some others. I have said on this show many times, CRT is not taught in K through 12 education. But I don't know and I don't want to presume what you believe about the subject. So give us your sentiment. Well, you know, for, let me just say for one second that um, whatever people define critical critical race theory as, I think people would say that it makes students at a younger age focus on race. And to me, one of the great beautiful things is nobody is born a racist. And you look at kids when they professional sports, right? When they idolize athletes, they don't say, oh, he's black, he's white. They say he's good, he's got great moves. And I, my fear is that critical race theory is getting kids to focus on race and to get them to focus on their achievements or lack thereof or their outcome or path in life is going to be based on race when we want them to think it's going to be based on opportunity. It should be, you know, what's in their character, what they can achieve, not what their race is. And so I think critical race theory, and there's a, it's a very controversial subject, but that's one of the things that really worries me about it is that it, it, it gets people trying to classify race or put themselves in categories when way before they should. Would you agree with that? Well, not really. So let me show you where I push back on your sentiment, okay? Critical race theory is an advanced theoretical framework typically taught in graduate level studies. It's not created nor designed for a K through 12 educator to teach, nor a K through 12 student to learn. So it's not critical race theory, and you would agree with me uh, Dave, that when you look at the legislation that presents itself as anti-critical race theory legislation in these Republican states, the terminology CRT or critical race theory does not exist in the wording of the actual legislation or bill. Well, that's because they're not banning critical race theory. What they're banning is the teaching of race in the United States of America. Let me give you an example. The state of Texas passed their version of an anti-CRT bill. And in their version of the bill, it said that one, teachers are no longer required to teach about the KKK. Well, why was that in the bill? Because of the former statute mandated that teachers actually taught about the evils of the KKK. So there's no repeating of that sentiment in America, right? Makes sense. So they said, okay, you're no longer required to teach it. But if you do teach it, you're allowed to teach it. But you cannot give deference in the teaching, which means you cannot say that the KKK was evil, wrong, bad. You can't say that. You can't give deference in the teaching of the KKK. That is codified in the language, Dave, of their anti-critical race theory bill. Does that make sense to you? No, it actually doesn't. But to me, when you with the term teaching race is it? Is a, is a dangerous term because yep. I think we should teach about our history. There are a lot of things we've done in this country which are reprehensible. 
Yep. And there's no question that black Americans have been mistreated. You know, it's not just slavery. You go up to, you know, redlining, you know, Jim Cross, Jim Crow, segregation, mm -hmm. all this stuff. So I think we should be honest about our history and we should not apologize for it. We should apologize for it where we are, but we should teach both sides. And the KKK is very much a part of that history. But when you talk about teaching race, again, you're getting people to focus on race. You should focus on opportunity. You should focus on what sets, sets kids apart. And that's not their race. It's their gifts. It's their intelligence. It's their social skills. It's their you know street smarts, whatever. And so teaching race to me is a very dangerous term. Yeah, but and, and Dave, I, I'm gonna talk to you authentically as I always do, brother, because I believe you're coming from a genuine place. You're just you, you have a certain worldview because of your experiences, exposures, and environment. I have a different worldview because of my experiences, exposures, and environments. I'm a former high school teacher, so I understand a little bit of what's taught inside of the classroom K through 12 education. They don't teach a race-centric curriculum. That's not true. They don't teach a race-centric curriculum. But race is part of the progression of our academic understanding, especially in the United States of America, when we have celebrations like Black History Month. And we have social icons that we still highlight in K through 12 education, like Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Who talked about not being judged based on the color of your skin, but the content of your character. He, he said it in the framework of this is what we should work toward. Which means when he said it, it wasn't real. Which meant when he said it, he was saying, that we are judged by the color of our skin and not by the content of our character. It's a good idea, it is a good goal to reach for, but it is not a reality. And when you don't have the reality there, when you literally have inequity in outcomes due to racial bias, when you have an allocation of resources that's unfair due to systemic and racial bias. When you have the Declaration of Independence that calls Native Americans savages, but the truth is the only savage in the land were white men. When you have an act codified in the federal government by way of statute called the Chinese Exclusion Act, that's racist to its core. You have to look at how these particular policies and institutions that implemented the policies created disparity among racial demographics. And I have to say this brother, because I think many times we are, we do a disservice to young people when we treat the conversation of race as if it is a bad conversation. The critical race theory framework actually de-emphasizes race or individual racism. Now you may not have ever heard anyone say that I've been teaching CRT since 2016 at the collegiate level. Critical race theory de-emphasizes individual racist people. And it basically says individual racist people are not your problem. You're likely going to always have individual racist people. Your real challenge in the framework of social progression and economic access and forward mobility in other institutions like education, politics, government, etc. Is the fact that these institutions were not created, not designed for you to succeed. And in order to actually have a more fair outcome, we have to reverse engineer the design de-emphasize individual racist people and look at how our institutions were created and what advantage they gave to one group over the other. That's what CRT teaches. 
Well, again, as I said, I think a lot of the stuff you're talking about is history and history that we should teach, history that we should acknowledge our mistakes and history we should try to point out and find ways that we can improve. But here's, I'll just make two points. First of all, there's a misconception, okay? A lot of people, and this was very true like in the Virginia gubernatorial election where on the Virginia school website, they do say that they teach critical race theory. And Terry McAuliffe made a huge gaffe when he said, oh, parents shouldn't be involved in what uh, what their teachers teach. So yeah, and, plus, and you know hold he on, hold on. Plus on, on yeah. top of that, you had parents already being really raw in blue states because the teachers unions had delayed going back to school. You know, Florida, kids were in school all year, 2021. California, we were 50th in getting kids back to school. So I think teachers were, were already on a, parents were at a short fuse with this. But I think, A, two things. First of all, that when you look at the progression that we've made, do we still have issues? Yes. Do we still have challenges? Are there parts of our system that are uh, where racism is endemic, like our, like our justice system? Yes. I don't think this is a systemically racist country. You look around the world, I think this is the least racist country in the world. I think the African American or the black standard of living is the highest in the US of any country. Is there improvements? Are there improvements to be made? Absolutely. So again, when I just think focusing on race sets kids off on a bad trajectory where they're saying, oh, gee, well, maybe my race. But as you said, it's the content of their character, not the color of their skin. And I think kids at such a young age, at the collegiate level, I agree with you. Then we, then kids are more mature. They have more perspective. But you can't be teaching elementary school kids to focus on race or to think that people are divided. Or, you know, Some people say, oh, you're an oppressor, you're a victim. But that's not what's happening today. No, but it is. It has, it is, it has happened in some schools. Okay, but at some schools that have also taught that Hitler is a good man. We have those clips right here. Some well, schools have oh, taught, on, Doc, uh, and brother, I'm trying to help you understand what one or two teachers may have said in a classroom setting does not equate to systemic within education. No, but in school systems, there's some in entire school boards Let me, where it's being taught. No, sir, that's okay. not correct. Well, the American we'll agree disagree on that one. The American Association of Educators did a nationwide survey of actual certified school teachers. They found that 96% of current educators, not only do they not teach critical race theory, they are unaware of how to teach it. And well, they that's do 4% not implement that's still one out of 25. They do not does. no 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 that 4% are teachers that are aware of how to teach it, but it doesn't mean that it's taught in their systems. So you have 4% of teachers in the American educational system, who's even qualified by way of doctoral standard to teach critical race theory. You have an entire movement of, of Republican states passing anti-critical race theory bills. When the truth is, as soon as you look under the hood of the bill, it doesn't ban CRT because CRT isn't taught. What the bills do, Dave, and I challenge you to read the bills, brother. The bills simply stop teachers from teaching true history in the United States of America. It is true that the KKK is morally reprehensible. You should be able to teach that in a Texas school as you always have.
I'm with you on that. But here's, you know, we've talked about this before with other issues. There may be the reality or the reality a lot of people see, but then there's the perception that most voters, in particular voters that are going to decide elections have. So my question is, why are so many parents in a purple state like Virginia? These are not like, you know, Bible thumping, you know, flaming conservative people. These are pragmatic people. They feel that it's being taught in their schools. They feel that their kids are being subjected to it. So even if the reality is what you say it is, that's not the way a lot of parents are seeing hey, it. And hey, this is gonna be a critical, uh, uh, and so maybe it's a messaging problem, but whatever it is, you know, look, you and I agree, Republicans cannot be test trusted right now to run Congress. Democrats have to hold, and I'm saying this as a Republican because the party's in such a bad place. So this is the kind of stuff that's gonna cost the House. So the perception is right or wrong that critical race theory is being taught and it's being taught at such a young age and people are misinterpreting it as, well, either you're you're an oppressor or you are the oppressed. And that may be totally off the mark, but that's what people are perceiving and that's what's gonna make a difference in the midterms. Let me let me talk to you external politics. Uh, let's talk about the danger of what you just said, in my opinion. Okay. And this is me talking to you as a black man. Mm -hmm. When you say, you know, I get it, it may be a messaging issue, but as long as people think this way, maybe, and this is me paraphrasing, maybe you need to look at why they think this way and unravel it from that point of view. So here's the danger in that, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Remember, the Montgomery bus boycotts, mm -hmm. okay? The bus company was not a governmental agency, it was a private enterprise, it was a private company. That private company received subsidy from the government, but it was a private company. When Rosa Parks was arrested because her feet were tired or she didn't wanna move or she was on the wrong side of the bus, whatever narrative you choose to apply, when she was arrested, it sparked a boycott. They economically withdrew, black people in particular, economically withdrew. But guess what? White people kept riding that bus. There were white people proud of the move of that private company, right? Now, according to the narrative back then, the reason why you could not sit next to black people is because they were violent or because they were subservient or because they smelled bad. It was all kind of ridiculous commentary about black folks as okay, to why you could what? not sit next to them. I'm making a point, brother. Okay. I'm making a point. Okay. They economically withdraw. White people continue to ride the bus. All of this is based on fairy tale. All right? It's a fairy tale. It's false. It's fake news. It's a lie. Mm -hmm. Sitting next to black people, none of that is true. So what ends up happening? Massive movement, great significant coverage. Dr. King and others get involved, the bus boycott is effective. They say we will allow integration, we will allow blacks to sit where they choose to sit. It's a success, right? So when black people could get back on the bus as they wanted to, wherever they wanted to ride, wherever they wanted to sit, they could sit. You know who stopped riding? White people. <laughs> White people then boycotted that same private bus. Now, okay. here's where we are today, brother. Okay. It was a lie that sitting next to black people meant something detrimental to white people. That was of a lie. Of course. And that lie was believed by many. 
But if we would have said, you know what? But let's analyze the reason why they believe the lie. Let's give them a little room here. Let's 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 placate to their ridiculous ideology. We would still have non-integrated buses or buses where I would have to sit on one side or white people sit on the other. I can't give them room here, brother. But I I don't see the analogy there because because we're talking about right now we have equality of schools. If anything, it worries me that uh, you know, schools are becoming more segregated, and that's not because of. But when you say equality in schools, what equality do you no, see in schools? No, I'm, I'm saying that we have. Uh, by the law is that schools can no one can be denied. But here's the, a certain an education. You know, it started with Brown versus Board of Education. But here's the thing: if you look at a lot of states, particularly blue states, one of the reasons that schools are failing uh, people of color. You look at Cook County, Illinois, right? They've divided that up into 110 micro counties, if you will. So you have one county where instead of sharing the wealth with the property taxes, you have wealthy counties where the high schools look like universities. And then three blocks away, you have schools where lower income people go, many times people of color, where they're using duct tape to, to keep the water out. So, but you know, so I don't, I don't understand how, you know, how you, you, you draw an, an analogy there. But all I'm saying is, you know, the issue to me is not so much whether, you know, what we were kind of splitting hairs as to how much of it is being taught, how much of it isn't taught. I think there is an exaggeration. I think red states should not be, you know, having laws to ban it. I think you're again, you're telling people which history to teach. You're telling them which history not to teach. But again, I'm thinking that. Saying that there, I think the Democratic Party is doing itself a disservice by allowing this to con to to continue. And people are instead of fighting it, let's address what parents are saying and try because these are often. But we're trying to, people. Dave. We're trying to. We're trying to tell parents critical race theory is not taught in K through 12 education. We're trying to tell parents the reality of CRT is not a destructive element. But it's a very constructive element meant to deconstruct the variables of racism that we all agree exist and permeate in our systemic norms and, and, and culture in the United States of America. You and I do disagree on the fundamental point. I do think America has significant systemic racism that still exists. I believe that and that's based on the data and the conclusive evidence from survey models. I believe that as it relates to private entity, to access higher education. Uh, black men with the same crime and criminal background get 20% heavier sentences. Than well, that's our justice system. That same. Our justice system but is racist. That's, that's a I system. Agree, but I don't think the country is systemically racist. There now I want are, you to again, I want you to uh, help me understand the difference with racism, but the country okay. itself. All right. Is not. Let's define the variable, brother. We got two minutes before the next show. Okay. Let's define the variable. You just said the criminal justice system is racist or systemically racist. That's Easily provable, but America, the country is not. Quickly explain to me how you split the difference there. Well, I'm just saying if you talk to most people, okay, they are not racist. If you look at most institutions, they are not racist. Yes, there are some that are, and there are some, again, when it comes to economic Name economic me an institution that does not have racial bias in it, which one? Well, I think a lot of the uh, a lot of the higher universities, in fact, a lot of universities, if anything, have been targeted with with being biased towards okay. people of color. Fair enough. You answer that question. Let me let me respond. Americans. Let me respond to that. Okay. There are some universities 
who have implemented policies in order to create more diversity and fairness and recruitment and admissions. The very fact that colleges and universities are doing that, Dave, is a nod to the fact that they were engaged in systemic bias before they did it. They were, but they've moved to address it as so many institutions have. That's my point. Yes, the country used to be systemically racist, but your Mm. point is backs up what I'm saying is that a lot of places have addressed it. And they're they're definitely starting to, but it is not the norm. It is not the majority. It is not all conclusive and we can work toward that. Brother, I got a 30 second wrap up. Dave, always fun. All right, so much fun. I love our conversation, (laughs) always civilized. Thanks so much again for having me on. Thank you, my friend, until next time. All right.